Welcome everybody to the Combat Cast, <laughs> where we bridge the gap between traditional martial arts and professional prize fight. No matter where you're at or what time it is, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is episode number one. start out with a couple introductions neil you want to go ahead so um my name is neil um you spell that with an nrk for k and uh uh this the the short about me i'm a martial arts enthusiast uh and a practitioner uh yeah, you know probably since a kid but uh been practicing pretty regularly since about maybe age 20 1920 and uh do a range of different arts um and josh are we, are we doing our, like our bio or are we just like just a name martial arts background anything else you want to tell people okay for sure yeah uh i love training and as a result of training like i love to you know watch and critique <laughs> people playing uh and, and and training and fighting as well um Got background in uh, a few different martial arts. Uh, do internal and external martial arts. Uh, that started off with uh, Hapkido and Kimpo, and uh, grew into Wing Chun. Um, and I've done Wing Chun, Tai Chi, each one um, for the last you know ten plus years, ten to fifteen years, and uh, had some interesting journeys along the way there no plan i've got some interesting stories in martial arts uh josh i'll tell you uh uh i i i got kicked out of my school once uh for <laughs> for training with the wrong teacher uh bro we're, we're gonna cover that on another podcast man. <laughs> like i i definitely want to definitely want to discuss the loyalty aspect to traditional <laughs> martial arts man that's a great story for that one <laughs> I was I was uh, rejected and exiled. I was expelled from my school by my teacher. I was his oldest. Student. I was I was cast aside for, for not having loyalty. But, uh, it's been a fun journey for sure. All right, you stabbed him in the back. You betrayed him by bettering yourself. <laughs> right. So many problems. School, right? Yeah, yeah. That'll be a fun episode. Join back in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Josh. Uh, similar to Neil, uh, I have a little background in uh, traditional martial arts. Um, I also have a background in more uh, modernized versions like boxing. Me and Neil actually met in Wing Chun about, what, 11, 12 years ago, something like that? Yeah. 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 So that's actually where we met, doing Wing Chun Kung Fu. Um, yeah. I also have done uh, parkour for about seven, eight years now. Um, I did boxing for about three years, and uh, I'm currently doing jujitsu. I just started that about six months ago. Um, it's kind of funny how, how that all kind of funny how that all kind of works out, right? Like Neil, we met at Wing Chun. We kind of separated uh, our own different forms of martial arts, and then we both like organically gone to jujitsu. 
Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, I think what's super cool about it is that we ended up in very different types of jujitsu environments. Yeah. You know, you would, you would think like with the type of martial arts background I have, like more boxing, stuff like that, I would have gravitated toward more towards like the MMA jujitsu. Right, right. Actually, where you ended up, you know, I ended up in <laughs> right. a more traditional jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny how that stuff works, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like the first the first segment of the podcast is you know like we want to share our journey so far through jujitsu. You know, mm-hmm. as two people who are very experienced in combat in many different forms, we're very inexperienced in this particular one. Right, right, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I just want to remind everybody that it doesn't matter, you know, where you start. You know, you all have your ups and downs, you know, and it just gets better, you know, the longer you do it. Yeah. So, Neil, do you want to you want to go ahead and share your first few months doing jiu-jitsu and where you're at now, what it feels like? Uh, yeah, like, let's see. You know, uh, I guess I got signed up about, I guess, about a year ago, and I, I went through... I've been through kind of two journeys with it up there. And I was pretty consistent for about three months. Then life happened and uh, I got inconsistent for about three months. <laughs> and then I got back consistent for about two to three months. And then I got inconsistent again for another two to <laughs> two so months. So um, I really, my journey was good. It started with really just understanding the vocabulary and really, um, I do a lot of in-close grappling type of arts, arts where you have to to, to grab the body from close, where you look at angles, subtle angles to control your body leverage. And so I'm familiar with that. And a lot of those, you know, those things translate from art to art, right? If you're familiar with, with those things. But the orientation of the art was, was so fun, right? Like our bodies are used to doing the things we do standing on two feet on the ground, right? Like going from a two-legged animal to a four-legged animal essentially is what jiu-jitsu. It's the premise is where you start from, right? So it's a different approach to learning the angle. So that made it fun too. It was new. It was new language, you know? Um, and so the things that I understood that translated over were really fun to play with in there. But understanding, you know, there's things that I would find out in locks. It would be like, damn, I would, man, I thought of that alone. We're standing up. I've seen so much at this point. There's very few things that, you know, like I haven't come across at some point where it's like, oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I've seen a version of this. Oh, seen, you know what I mean? Like, where it's on the ground, it's like, oh, shit, I would have never thought of that. Like, that's genius. I love that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I totally agree, man. Mine's a little bit different, right? Because, like, I don't have too much grappling background. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially me coming from boxing. Like, I did boxing for three years before this, you know. So, like, jujitsu, it was, like, a completely different animal, man. You know? And especially, like, the feeling. Like, I'm used to, like, coming in as a as a boxer. I was, a, I was an okay boxer, you know? I was definitely, like, amateur-level boxer, right? Like, I felt really comfortable in there. Felt comfortable moving. I felt comfortable with everything. Coming into jujitsu, though, it definitely felt like a fish out of water. <laughs> like, I got my ass beat consistently for at least a month. Just consistently, just like controlled, dominated, tapped. All right, get back up, do it again. Got five minutes of me getting tapped three or four times every single time. You know, 
but uh but yeah like i kept working at it and you know i got a stripe kept at it uh you know like you said holidays came and stuff i slowed down i wasn't very consistent anymore but i got back into it got really consistent again got my second stripe and uh like it's a night and day difference now the feeling josh let me ask you about that part about yeah. like, getting your ass kicked right because like yeah you know for even the listeners out there like a part of what what bonds me and josh together isn't just enthusiasm about martial arts it's really not where we connected on right it's really our approach to like life and to training and it's very similar and like you know it's interesting we kind of get similar like josh dominates in what he does on the side for y'all that don't know about <laughs> it but josh, josh josh is a beast you know and um you know and and i'm, I'm pretty comfortable in the, in the places i sit in as well and like you know and, and it is interesting you know coming into a space and like for me I, it's been a while since i've been in a space where i've been uncomfortable body-wise movement-wise i may not know everything from the jump but you know because i've, I've had a lot of body experience movement experience i, I catch on pretty quick you know and um and i have fun with it right it's a game i enjoy it but you know you yeah i tell people you learn the most when you when you're wrong you know and um you know i love learning you know and uh so it, it has been fun like and interesting having those experiences and getting to get my ass kicked right like i haven't felt that since early wing chun days you remember those days yeah. <laughs> yeah. i have a bad day with willie i go back home like i gotta get right no 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 that's not it i'm not that <laughs> not not even just willie man like i remember those days like you feeling good about yourself right and then uh and then yeah sifu's like all right everybody circle around and it takes us all out in like two seconds <laughs> right yeah <laughs> real breaking like break your wrist and throw you down and right, right. <laughs> feel completely helpless you gotta relax man just gotta relax yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is when what has the the ass kicking part of this been like for you Man, so for me, like, I feel like I learn the most when I get my ass kicked, right? Because I get frustrated, you know? Like, somebody gets me in an arm bar, I'm like, I don't want that to ever happen again. Like, what am I doing that allowed you to give me an arm bar? Then they tell me. So I don't do that again. And I set myself up for a Kimura. And it's like, God, what did I do? That got me that. Yeah, and the thing about jujitsu, man, is there's like a million different ways to catch you, right? So I feel like you're always constantly learning. Like, I'm way better, but there's still guys way better than me that can catch me two or three times. Like, especially on those days I'm tired. I work EMS, so I work 12-hour days. Sometimes I get off really late, and I wake up early to go to jujitsu. And sometimes I'm on four or five hours of sleep, and I'm just exhausted. And, you know, I gas out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. it sucks but yeah so I just learned so much from from getting my ass but it's very humbling every time it happens you know like no matter how good I get at jujitsu there's always people that are above me that can kick my ass and they humble me and they keep me humble so I never get too cocky or arrogant yeah yeah no it's dope that you bring that up and there's you know there's the concept that's been the key to you know the, the thing about internal arts it's really it's hard to get good in them not because it's super hard because it's a different learning method right you're not learning through mastering techniques you're learning through feeling it's a different it's a different learning approach and there's a key maxim that greg used to talk about that i really took to heart and it's helped me to this day in investing in loss you know whether it's when you 
engaging with somebody and not being worried about losing or doing something and not being worried about letting something go, like being willing to invest in loss. And it's dope to see how that shows up, you know, in some of the internal arts, you see it in the body, right? Like if I invest in losing this piece here, the energy comes out on this side, right? That kind of thing. But you know, it also happens just on deeper levels, right? Like, you know, like you said, be it willing to lose and relax in the uh, search for new things and let people do things on you. You see how things happen and it, it doesn't happen again or doesn't happen as many times if you're, you're willing to have an experience, you know. And I got my ass kicked. Doesn't it? No. <laughs> it's too bad when we talk about our own personal journeys. Uh, and it gives us an excuse. That I think that's where the thought came from in the beginning too, right? Like being able to have that vulnerability in what we do. And I think, you know, not it just not being you know an update take from people that watch from the outside which is cool right we'll have that too but you know what i mean there's this added element that we yeah. have that nobody else does you know? yeah yeah and i think it's i think it's cool for us to discuss it because like we are two people that are experienced martial artists right but we're also brand new martial artists in right. this new field right you know and it's 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 a way to if there are any new martial artists out there hopefully they can hear us and like realize that even we struggle you know like we get our ass kicked right and we right. we pick ourselves back up and we uh keep coming and keep learning and keep growing right and then soon we're not getting our ass kicked as much anymore <laughs> speaking of getting our ass kicked guess what i'm doing on tuesday what i'm flying to hawaii and <laughs> with uh, my mom my uh, my girl and the reason i'm initially going out there is to meet with um not just one but i'm a i was gonna meet with the special master for one of the arts that i train in like we there's this there's a guy that's like the guy the top guy in the world around you know and there she's like yeah like the guy uh, but the guy that's kind of one of his like maybe his top two or three guys they're like the guy that teaches us from from hawaii like comes and visits us like is like a top five guy and this is the guy that teaches him you know, and introduced him to the art. And so like, it's just rare to get a chance to work with him. So I'm gonna get a chance to go meet and work with him, but I'm also gonna meet with my guy that's out there and my guy's brother that, they, you know, they train the brothers, they grew up together. So they're at the same level. Three of them are like super, like probably like five, you know, three out of the best 10 people in the world in the art, like, you know, all crazy. And then like, there's another guy that, but my friend who trains Tai Chi with me, I'm gonna be staying in his house in, in Hawaii. Um, with this fam and there's another Tai Chi master up the street that uh, watches the house and runs a class or whatever so I'm gonna get to you know he's already arranged the introduction so I'm gonna get to feel here of it you know we we'll do a little push hands or whatever and uh, so it'll be fun it'll be you know it's gonna be a week of getting um, you know reminded tested you know lessons from people that are you know way beyond my experience level and you know taking whatever feedback I can and you know trying to get better with it yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I met BJ Penn in Hawaii. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, he was real. Okay, dope. Yeah, you met him. Yeah. The governor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he was awesome, dude. So he was taking some kids around on a bike ride, some native kids. Uh -huh. Just a bike ride around the city at night. He was buying them all snacks and stuff. I just happened to be at the convenience store when he walked in. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's dope. My buddy that I'm going with, he used to train with him at the uh, UFC gym. Okay. Or, uh, UFC gym, but you are. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, you can tell. You can tell the dude still trains. Like he's <laughs> he's stocky, man. Like he's thick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I put my arm around him. I'm like, oh damn! Like this fool's still strong. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know it was a trip. See, I was going out there last year. It was like all those EJ Penn for governor signs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no idea if he won or not. I wasn't really following that, but I don't think so. Yeah. You know, he was, he was super nice, super humble when I met him. Uh, I, uh, I brought up the Matt Hughes fight. I did not bring up the GSP fight. <laughs> 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 I'm sure he would have no problem talking about it. I just, uh, wasn't sure. So <laughs> focused on the good fights he won. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes, yeah, he's a good gatekeeper, man. Man, I, re- I remember how shocking it was when BJ Penn beat him. Ah, uh, man, like, like, yeah, BJ Penn was a beast. I don't want to get too off topic, but right. I used to love watching BJ Penn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, since we were just talking about like the starts of our journey and stuff, let's uh, let's talk about fighters that are on the come up, like current MMA fighters that are on the come up. Uh. Neil, who are your top three fighters that are on the come up? I just want to give a little discretion to anybody that's listening. Uh, we have no set criteria for this. Our list is probably going to be very different, um, but it'll be fun. So, Neil, go ahead. Who are your three? All right. Let's go. Let's go back and forth. Um, so, my... I, I, got some, I got some honorable mentions. So, if you want to go back and forth, I want to read off my honorable mentions. Just do honorable mentions first, yeah. All right, man. So, my first one is uh, Bo Nickel. He's the uh, super prospect coming up. He just uh, got signed off the Dana White Contender Series last year. He's currently 3-0, 27 years old, middleweight. He's a wrestler, former three-time NCAA Division I champion. Uh, he was a finalist for the U.S. Olympic squad. He won the U.S. Nationals in wrestling. Um, striking looks very good for a wrestler. Uh, he's currently unranked, but uh, that's definitely going to change very soon. Like. He's probably going to be a top 10 by the end of this year. Uh, his next fight is on the uh, UFC 285 Jones versus Gone card next week. He's uh, the opening fight on the main card. So, like, his very first fight, like, it's on the main card. So, you know they're going to push this guy. Uh, the reason he didn't make my top three is I just, you know, I think he's, I don't think he's going to get a title shot this year. No matter how fast he rises up, I don't think he's going to get it this year. My second honorable mention is Ian Gary. He's a 10 and 0, 25 year old welterweight. He's from Ireland. He's a really good all around mixed martial artist fighter, uh, former Cage Warriors welterweight champion. He has uh, six finishes, five of them, five KO, TKO finishes, and one submission. Uh, super fun, charismatic guy, super fun interviewer. Um, he's currently unranked, and his next fight is going to be next week as well, but he's on the early prelims. He's the last fight on the early prelims, so if you want to catch him, you gotta watch the early prelims like before anybody else is there but super cool fighter uh definitely think uh he's gonna be a household name in the next couple of years uh my next honorable mention is raul rojas jr he's uh the youngest fighter in uh, the ufc right now he's 18 years old he's seven and oh he's oh, that the new kid or no yeah yeah that's yeah. the yeah. one that got all the hype or no yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he's one of them. So him and Bo Nickel both have gotten like a shit ton of hype. Um, but Raul Rojas got a lot of hype because he's so young. Like he was 17 when they first signed him. He's 18 now. Uh, he won his first fight a couple months ago. Um, he's a uh, Brazilian black belt, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt grappler. He has six finishes in his first seven fights, uh, five subs, one uh, KO, TKO. 
He's currently unranked, but you know, like I said, just like Bo Nickel, he's probably gonna be ranked by the end of the year. Um, his next fight, he's on the uh, Pereira versus Anderson card coming up a uh, couple months. Yeah, he's gonna be uh, the opening fight on the main card that as well. Yeah, then my last one is uh, Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, most people know her right now, or if you don't, you should. Uh, she's 11-1. She fights in the uh, women's strawweight division. She's 23 years old. Uh, she's a BJJ black belt. Um, four submission victories. Recent win over uh, Jessica Andrade last week. Uh, we'll discuss her in a second. But uh, yeah, Jessica Andrade, obviously a killer. You know, she was a former uh, challenger for Shevchenko, former champ at 115. And uh, Blanchfield made her look like she didn't really belong. <laughs> Dominator. You know, go back into that fight. That was, it. yeah. I, I think a lot of it's the the height, you know, like the size difference. But still, like I don't want to make, I don't want to make any excuses, right? Like Blanchfield looked, looked fantastic, striking with great. She absorbed some like just hard shots from Andrade, just some hard cross, hard hooks, and she just kept coming forward. And she dished it out just as much as she gave it out, you know. And the whole first round was a striking match, and uh, she probably won that first round against a, a really good Muay Thai striker. In the second round, obviously, she took it to the ground. And it was over, you know, tapped her out to make a choke. The reason she did make my top three is only because, like, she should be known by now, right? Like, I don't think she's, she's like, underrated anymore, you know? She's currently number three in the division. I think she's a pretty big name at this point. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to go through, Neil? No, I don't mentions. Uh, I mean... I don't know. I mean, good. I had Aaron on mine. I like how you covered it. So it'll be maybe redundant. So maybe, you know, she'll be my honorable. I'd start with, uh, I would say my number one is. Uh, uh, before you start, let me ask Did you have any criteria for this or were you just like picking people? No, I didn't go too strict on the criteria. I think these are just people that all do have a shot at the championship within a year that 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 wasn't the criteria going in but it ended up being you know a common factor all of them have star potential maybe superstar potential but star potential and uh and they're interesting names to watch on main cards in the next you know the next 12 months i would start off with uh a guy that I'm surprised doesn't get enough hype yet, but it's coming. Um, and it's Marab Bashili. Actually, you know, Marab is nice. And, I, I, I thought about putting him on my list. Yeah, yeah. Marab is, uh, and he's, you know, he's got the, the skill and the grit of, uh, of you know, of a Takasani wrestler guy. Yeah. But his striking is nice, and he's improving. And he's got a good mindset, and he works with a good hand. And, uh, I think um, he'll be one of those guys like uh, he already feels like a poor man's Volk. You know what I mean? And I think he'll continue to improve. And so it'll be, he's a guy that's a name now. You know, there's guys that are like uh, Bilal Muhammad, right? Uh, who like respect. You know, good fighter always strikes me a little bit over of an overachiever. And I feel bad saying that because like, I feel like he's fighting that narrative now in his, in his career. Really? But, um, but feel, you know, skill wise. I mean, you know, this is me being, you know, like, hey, if me and Bilal ever get to meet, we can we can play. <laughs> but like, you know, just skill wise, I, you know, I feel like 
he does more than I expect with what he's got. So it's nice to see him get to where he's at because they're like, oh, I didn't think he'd get that far. I didn't think he'd get this far. Damn, he's doing that. You know what I mean? Like, so there's some guys that are like that, and it's good to see them come up and do their thing. And then there's some guys that like, oh, they've they've got that shit, but they've got that talent to go with it. Marab kind of gives me those vibes. Man. It kind of feels like you're doing my boy Bilal dirty, man. Like, right, if you was disrespectful, Bilal, I was <laughs> so good at On team Bilal. <laughs> I, I feel so bad, man. Like, I'm Bilal's not. He had, he had his one, like, big... No, I feel bad because, like, he had his one big fight, right, against Leon. And ended in, in a... Uh, what was it? Uh, but no, let's be real. Like, there's a reason. Yeah. There's been a lot of... I had an eye poke, and it was just... That was it. And, like, he hasn't been able to get a big fight since then. because uh, It's not because of that, though. It's because of, like... Yeah. I, it's because... You know what I mean? And he's been winning, which is good. Yeah. But, like, even if he does win, right? It's a it's a grind it out. It's a... You know what I mean? It's... it's it, Like, I get it. It's a risky fight for anybody to take, right? It's a risky fight. It's he, He's not a big name, right? Like, it, right. if, like, one of the top guys takes on Bilal and they win, or you beat this guy that not very many people know about. And then if they lose, like, you lost and then guess this guy nobody knows about, right? Like, I don't know. Bilal's respected. But he's just, you know, I don't think he is. I think, I'm just talking... I'm talking about, like, just casual fans right you know because at, at the end of the day like when you're at the top like it's not just good enough to to like reach those hardcore fans you got to reach the casual fans too you know or else it's just going to be super hard for you to get that title shot like look at look at george masvidal right like he's somebody that right. no matter what you think about him i love george masvidal but he, he probably didn't deserve that title shot with usman definitely didn't deserve it a second time right you know and masvidal is one of my favorite fighters like he just didn't do as much as some other people. Right. I you know? don't. It's so funny. And that we'll talk yeah. about him respect. We'll yeah. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting conundrum, right? And balance that, that you know, that it, we wouldn't be talking yeah. about this without, you know, without what Bowsman all bring to the table. Right. Yeah. And then we then again, yeah. we talk about that subject without what Bowsman yeah. table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we'll, de- we'll definitely get there. My first on the list is, uh, so I, I did. I have a little more criteria than you. You know, mine is. I agree that they have to be within within a shot at the title by the end of the year. Like these, all these guys could. Mine also. I want to keep it like less than twenty pro fights. And then uh, the last criteria I had was I want to do fighters that either had a fight recently or are going to have a fight soon. I want to highlight these fighters that are coming up and. Uh, that everybody has an opportunity to uh, watch pretty soon. And so my first one is uh, Jack Dellum uh, Madalena. No. I don't know if you saw him. He was on the Islam Boom Fire. That's another easy one. <laughs> that's a good that? one. Yeah. No, I yeah, said that's, that's, that's another low-hanging fruit. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, man. So he's a killer. I feel like people are starting to figure out how good he is. But uh, yeah, this last fight absolutely dominated Randy Brown, man. First round submission, like... It was it, he made it look easy, man. He's fourteen to two, uh, welterweight, twenty six years old, uh, very good all around, like great grappling, great striking. Uh, he has thirteen finishes in his fourteen wins, uh, eleven KOs, TKOs, and two submissions. I think, yeah, like if he gets a couple, couple big names coming up, like he could definitely be in that title conversation at the end of the year. Uh, he's currently ranked number fourteenth. And uh, if you have. If you haven't seen his last fight, uh, it's on UFC 284. It's uh, Islam versus Volkanovski. Um, he looks super impressive. 
So yeah, go check that fight out if you haven't seen it. Coming off five straight first round finishes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got anything else to add about Jack Teller Madalena? Uh, need to watch more tape, um, you know, and I, I want to go see some old tape too because obviously doing this thing in the <laughs> in the first <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for the for the uh, first couple of the finishes I saw, uh, uh, you know, I like what I saw. Um, I, again, I haven't seen enough to to know, but like you know, he's 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 able to uh, he, he he's got damaging power early and that that also says something in martial arts right to to not have to like warm up into it and be you know smooth here and ready and to have there's that that's a quality that means something i guess my number two on the list would be somebody another one less than 20 fights um actually it might be at 20 there but it's uh Yan Jana or Giant Jana, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, as this is somebody that's been knocking on the door in the women's division uh, for a while, doesn't have a name yet. Um, you know, not style wise, but brand wise, I, you know, just like a like a poor person's, you know, Zhang Wali right now. <laughs> but uh, in terms of just under, you know, recognition. Um, but you know, stylistically uh, nice, brings a lot to the table. Um, got to see, you know, see and, and train and play with her. Um, you know, uh, big round game. Um, it's really solid at the basics. Um, there's, uh, yeah, really solid at the basics. I think, I think she has what it takes to definitely beat and stay with some of the folks at the top like you know a valentina i don't know like you know what i mean like you know but from what i've seen like she should she could definitely be trading with you know anybody in that elite tier um if she keeps improving the way she that i've seen so yeah i think she won her last one uh my decision was relatively so good rank yeah it's funny yeah, man, she's she's right there, you know. Um, that division is just like murder's row, though. Right. Especially at the top, man. Like, right. Straw right. weight. You right. got yeah, you know, Rose. You got Yon. No matter how you feel about it, Carla Sparza. Like Carla Sparza is a tough fight. Anybody, unless you're Yon. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think Yon could hang with Carla. Like I think yeah, Yon could match up with Carla. Yeah, I, I think it's a good matchup for her, right? But like, but still, you know, like it's just all the way at the top. I guess. That's just a killer division. Yeah, my second, uh, this one is, he's probably not a, he's probably not too underrated at this point, but I feel like not that many people know about him, but Raphael Fizaev. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. 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 He's one of those guys I was trying to think of, actually, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of my favorite fighters to watch, man, and he's yeah. so much fun. Like, his interviews, dude, like, like it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. When I was looking for Marab in the beginning, that's who I was yeah. looking for. It's hella funny. Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds like we're on the same page on a lot of these guys. But yeah, yeah. I have 12 or nine. Because I have a lot. He's he's a champ to, yeah. champ to be to me. Yeah. He's, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Because like he's 12 and 1, 29 years old. He's a, he's a Muay Thai striker. Uh, nine finishes, eight KOs, TV KOs, and a sub. His next fight is against Justin Gaethje. 
and it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Thank I you. I feel like Gaethje should be the other dog on this, man. I think Vizaz winning. I think he's taking this one, man. And I think that's going to propel him to the top. Yeah. Of I think, it, no, I could definitely see that being this being that that one. That, that does. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Gaethje and his style, but um, there's a lot of openings. There's a lot. You know, like he, he takes a yeah. lot. He gives a lot. He gives a lot of room. Yeah. And this Jizzy of his smart, smart, um, you know, like you're starting to see the guys from the side of the world where like, you know, again, this has been my approach and where I was training it too, that discipline, that technique, the things that I've criticized a lot that I've seen in the MMA world a lot where athleticism allows you to, you know, cover certain gaps and cover certain holes where technique with that same athleticism makes it a no contest. Starting to see guys that have been doing that now, you know, years and years and it, it, it's it's a difference maker, and I think with Vizia we're gonna see that kind of thing. Like him, him versus uh, Game G to me is the epitome of that kind of that kind of dynamic right there. Yeah, I think that's easily like the most exciting fight coming up, and we got some awesome title fights coming Inverse up like that. Awesome, that. What was that? Him versus Chandler. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Chandler's fighting Connor though, supposedly. I mean, we'll see. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, man, but. But yeah, like Fazayev and uh, Gaethje, like that's the fight that I want to see more than any other fight, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be on a UFC 286, uh, Usman versus Edwards 3. It's the co-main. Oh, is it already like, let, me, let me see that car real quick. Yeah, dude, that car's loaded, man. They're going to they're gonna burn the house down before Usman and Edwards come in, so those two better be ready to headline. So who's your last one? You, you know... I'm just gonna go with the hometown hero on this one. Uh, <laughs> give a shout out to Josh Emmett on this one. Um, even though uh, the last fight, uh, you know, it was there was there was a chance, the opportunity to go out and turn away. Uh, wanted to uh, uh, definitely still think. Uh, yeah, you're so good, man. Like I think Emmett will bounce back, but yeah, you're so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I added to be honest, I didn't watch the fight, so I like okay. <laughs> so I don't know what yeah, Emmett Emmett struggled, but like it wasn't anything he was lacking. You know, it's just Yair was on that night. Mm-hmm. You know, like Yair would have given Bulk a tough fight that night. Man, he was just everything was on point with him. Quick, yeah. well, thanks. You shut down that there down pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good segue though. <laughs> Into the next one. So yeah, who was your last? Was that your last? Were you know, with that? Bit? I was going with it. Okay. Yeah, my last is uh, she's the reason why. Well, one of the reasons why I left Aaron Blanchfield off my list. Uh, Tatiana Suarez. She actually. Oh, uh, she had Blanchfield on your list. No, nah, she was. Well, yeah. The honorable mentions. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I actually put Tatiana Suarez. I came into it. I was going to put Blanchfield on the list. But then, uh, I don't know, Tatiana Suarez, I don't know if you uh, remember her back in the day. So she hasn't fought in like four years, three or four years, something like that. A lot of injuries. She was like, she was like a super high prospect. And like a lot of people point to her as being the one to like dethrone Shevchenko. And uh, a lot of injuries. She actually came back tonight on the UFC fight card. And uh, she actually won submission. Uh, a second round, pretty dominant fight too. Like she, she was really good. But she's a ten and zero. She fights in the flyweight division. Uh, Thirty two years old, uh, wrestler. 
uh, five total submission victories. She has a win over Alexa Grasso, who is fighting for Shev fighting Shevchenko next week for the belt. So she she subbed her out, and I think the first round, first round submission over her. You know, so she has a win over the current world contender in that division. I think a couple couple fights, she's right up there. You know, she gives everybody a problem. Her grappling's so good. Like her and Blanchfield would put on like a grappling clinic if they ever thought. Yeah, but she's currently unranked. And like I said, she just fought tonight, like right before we started this podcast too, Neil. Oh, wow. She just, she just finished her fight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she choked out the person she was going against. Yeah, so we definitely got... um. We got a couple up-and-comers fighting next week on the Jones-Gone fight. I want to kind of uh, pick your brain on that fight. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously a huge fight. We got John Jones coming back. What are your initial thoughts on that fight next week? Jones and Gone. Yeah. Oh, man, I think, I think that is that is worth all of the intrigue. Um, my initial take is like, you know, and I, I did a reminder review of just looking at Jones and, and you know, and spec, you know, across all the, the defenses, you know, it's a reminder of like, yeah, I mean, Prime Jones, I don't think God has enough for peak of Prime Jones. Like, that's just bottom line. Just from what I've seen so far, I like God. I, I think God at his best maybe better than Ngannou at his best even though that's not the case right now my point is I think Don has a great trajectory and a great arc you know what I mean but what makes Jones special is the reason like I have a theory on Marsh on MMA and I think there's a I think the the, the the infighting zone is the key to winning in MMA right now I think, you know, once the grappling didn't exist and you brought grappling in, the people that understood grappling took over until grappling became a basic skill. Infighting now is now that the, the huge gap that you see and people that, that understand it, master it, and are able to add it to their skill set well are the, the, the leaps and bounds ahead. And Jones, that's a staple of what he does different than everybody else. That is something he has the long power. He has the grappling but the infighting is what allows nobody to be able to, you know what I mean? There's nobody has anything for that. So, you know, God does not have enough, you know what I mean? Enough infighting, even if they were equal on the ground, which they're not, you know what I mean? God doesn't yeah. have fighting for it to be close. So God would be destroyed against Pete Jones. So I want to make that clear to start with. The question to me really is, is how far is Jones from Pete Jones right now? Right. And as a martial artist, I know technique and skill wise he shouldn't be that far away at all conditioning wise and athleticism wise who knows and that's enough for God to you know create momentum and this that and the other um but God is also smart and, and he's also measured and that may actually work against him against the guy like Jones this is the one like if if God had Derek Spirit's Lewis, uh, Derek Lewis's spirit in his with with God's skill, that'd be a great matchup for God, right? But God's hesitance, I think, is going to be something that gives a huge opening for for Jones, you know. Um, but with all that said, Jones could be very well be more out of shape than we expect. He could be rested. We think could, you know what I mean. All those things could happen, and you know God could. Could emerge the new guy. 
Yeah. So like, I, I agree with you on a lot of that stuff. Um, I think Cyril gone is a far better technician when it comes to striking, especially with the distance. He's so good at controlling distance. His footwork is so good. And it's, he's definitely has an advantage there over Jones. Um, but like you said, Jones is a better, probably all around striker, right? Like Jones can get in there. Jones is better with the kicks. Like he's more versatile. Like Gons go with the kicks, right? Like, but you kind of know what's coming. John can do straight kicks. He can do up kicks. He can do leg kicks, body kicks. He, he can kick you anywhere, you know, elbows, knees. He can hit you with anything. What's this like, scary? His hand weapon is the knee, is the elbow. You know, yeah, that, know yeah, that's, that's, that spinning back elbow that he can hit you from jab range. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. Or that little like diving elbow that it does when it comes in, you know, where he can, he just has such long arms, it just gets in. But the range is going to be neutralized against Gone, right? Because Gone has almost the same reach. I think it's like maybe an inch shorter, which is basically nothing. And also, like the weight is going to be interesting to see how John handles that. Because weight's, weight's a big thing when it comes to combat, right? Like you don't realize it unless you've gone against somebody significantly heavier than you. It's, it's a lot. And this is John's very first fight at heavyweight. You know, he's used to fighting those guys at 205, even if they bulk up, right? Like even af after the weigh is there 225 that he's fighting them at versus a guy gone is what, 260, 255, just walking around. You know, that size is going to be interesting to see how John Jones handles that. And also uh, what's interesting is the ring rust, you know, the conditioning. Like we haven't seen him since the Dominic Reyes fight, which was like three years ago. More. Like, who knows how he's going to look. Right. But yeah, I agree with you. Prime Jones, definitely huge advantage over Cyril Gunn. And Jones is going to have a huge advantage grappling and wrestling. And that's why I think even the size is going to be like, this is an opportunity. I think Gunn has the capacity because not many people show up. Not many, you know, MMA is, that's the cool thing about it. Unlike boxing, like you can make tremendous strides in between your fights mainly because the, the skill level of in most MMA fighters is far below mastery it's just, yeah but in boxing it's hard to you know it's really hard to prove who you are as a fight Gone has an opportunity if he strategizes well to negate the things that would be difference makers you know I mean? and that will come down to really good coaching he's got good coaching but I don't know if his coaching is that good um it, I think the weight, if he tries to pressure John with weight, an in-fighter embraces that. An in-fighter loves that. Because then he's going to make you, okay, that means if you're coming in, that means you're saying that you can fight me in close. Let's find out. Then it's going to be pop, 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 pop. And if John can't hold it there, he's going to take he's going to take a striker to a significant striker to up close. It's going to do two things. Regardless if it damages him or not, it's going to make him jumpy. You know what I mean? And if, it, if, it, if he starts getting jumpy early, you see what I'm saying? Then the flow will start. So that's what I'm interested to see. I'm wondering. So if, if God uses his weight to pressure, that's the risk, right? And he doesn't grapple enough. He doesn't grapple well enough to control with his weight. The, you know the way that he would be you know, a, a bigger guy normally would. You know, so if he pressures in with his weight that way, I feel like that's the risk. And then the other part is if he if he's just trying to use his weight in the strikes, Jump it, it, when you're tall and you and when you understand your height in martial arts, height becomes weight. You learn how to turn the length into leverage that you know the, the same leverage you would get from pounds. You know what I mean? So 
Gon can use his weight advantage in there, but it's going to have to be strategic. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, like like as far as length goes, they're both about the same length, right? Like this is the first guy that John that John Jones bought that's basically the same size as him. And uh, as far as the weight goes, like Gon doesn't even need to really like pressure with the weight. Like just the fact that he's bigger, like it, it just adds it adds his own sense of pressure to it, right? Because like every hit you take hurts more. You feel it more. You know, like he's gonna feel every single one of those shots like on throws at more than he did against any light heavyweight opponent you've hot. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's just it kind of wears on you because you got to be on point more often against bigger but guys because they hurt you more. It's weird to me, like Jones is almost uh, he's like as big as a light heavyweight should be. He's been at the tip of you know what I mean. He's not a Leon Edwards kind of like no. you know, he's a he's a big light heavyweight. And his yeah. life only makes it that much more so, right? Like he, to me, he's probably been, there's a reason he's doing heavyweight. That's mm -hmm. probably where he's settled at, right? His body and his metabolism. Yeah. It's probably a fight to get down to those, to, to those, those levels. And so like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's more comfy there than we know. Now that doesn't mean that he's been there all his life, right? And, and yeah. like all his life. But, you know, it, 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 it also means though that like, you know, like you said, those, those shots he's gonna take are gonna come hard, but he's the thing about Jones. And this is what, even though I've, I've critiqued and got on his technique a lot, because I like, I feel like I would love to train with Jones, right? And I would <laughs> like, hey, boss, this is my idea, and then, you know, this is why I think, you know, but um, not to take anything away from him. You know, he reminds me a lot of a young me, to be honest. And I'm not nobody, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, we come from a similar artistic background, right? So I. I see and know the technique and what he, you know what I mean? What it's supposed to look like in this damn together. And so Jones has a gear and he understands his technique is to the point where he's able to draw power at a different level of efficiency than these guys. There's a reason he can keep and pull into that gear. And a lot of it does have to spend, it have to do with the time he spent with this technique. His technique is refined enough on some important. There's, there's a reason why, like when I was looking at MMA, if I had been um, a guy that came in in my 20s, my jab would have been my uh would have been my uh my psychic all day all day um i always wonder why is john jones the only guy using this fucking sidekick i was like fucking sidekick because nobody yeah yeah nobody you know what i mean that like john jones and his his guy has has much to be desired but compared to everybody else light years exactly. right and that makes it exactly versus sidekick so yeah. like you know he's even though he's doing it legally and doing it right he's side kicking knees right yeah. like the different type of options you have the way that the mindset that you have to have to pull out the wet that's what the difference is he's got a different array a, a, a array of weapons and different things to use them than most of these guys come from and I, i'm i acknowledge that from seeing they're playing the different arts and so his power the things that the techniques that he can bring the circular power he can bring the spiral power most of the guys don't have access to that so it gives him a different air. he can go places with power that other folks can't so that's the other thing too you know what i mean like don is even getting it from mcdonald you could tell that was new like he dealt with Derek lewis well mcdonald's mm -hmm. got a skill to go with the size right it goes with nail yeah. jones is going to be like out of sign it's going to be that's going to be a uh what's the word i'm looking for uh a surprising it's going to be a disturbing surprising kind of power 
Like Adesanya has that kind of power that his opponents don't expect. They keep thinking, ah, I think I got enough. You know, it's still more than you think. And He's got that Anderson Silva right, death touch. Right, right. It's like, where did that come from? You know what yeah. I mean? Like Jones has that. And uh, once you get hit, once a big guy gets hit with that, yeah. it fucks with him up here. It fucks with the head. You sure, you sure Jones has that, man? Because that's like one of my knocks on Jones is that he doesn't have that. It's like he doesn't knock people out, right? Like he'll catch you. He he's he got that like Nate Diaz type of style where he's gonna like death by a thousand paper cuts, you know. Like he can get your ass beat, but he ain't gonna put you out, you know. I mean, let me see. I maybe I'm just thinking of like the Gustafs and Bike, you know what I mean? Like, cause I mean, they, they, now, now, yeah, that that's you, that second Gus fight. Like he does have him, right? Like he's got that second DC fight, right? Had, like it, yeah. a lot of it's not his. I'm sorry. Yeah. But for having like, how how many championship fights does he have? Like fifteen, crazy amount of championship fights. Most of them go the distance, you know. Right, right. And he's usually fighting the best version of everybody. And in my opinion, he's not. Yeah. Putting, you know, after a certain point, he's not putting out his best effort each time. And I was gonna say the other thing too. Discipline. He hasn't done that. In he hasn't done that in fifteen years, man. Giving us the best version of Jones, you know. And, and that's what I was gonna say. I mean, the other thing is like, there's a certain focus required. Like my point is, if you put Jones into a corner. If you put the, if you put the blades on and it, you're like you're going to get that power that and I, that I feel like I've seen right yeah. him being able to pull it out on on demand as need be that's dip like Pereira is probably one of the best in the game at that pull out that special type of power when he needs at will on command yeah. that is a skill that has to be developed I don't think John Jones has developed that skill but I do believe he has that power that yeah but 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 John Jones has something else you know. Like I've never seen a fighter that's better in the fourth or fifth rounds than John Jones is. Yeah. Like I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's John Jones' own adjustments. Like I don't know why that is. But when it comes to the championship rounds, Jones closes the deal every time. I period. my guess, and I don't know. I don't know. But my guess is is that he's just the best condition. And because his brothers are both professional athletes. And if I was him, and if I was an MMA guy, I would just Dude, if I could keep up with my brothers, I'm lapping all of you. Because MMA guys don't train like boxers. And if I was an MMA guy, I would want to be able to keep up with a boxer. That's how I would know I would be able to, you know what I mean? The guys, see, that's not their goal. You know what I mean? Like, they want to have win, but that's their, that's not their, being a soccer player or a boxer is not their goal. So to me, it, I don't know, but if John Jones was like around his brothers and like, I got to at least be able to keep up or halfway keep up. To me, that's and you, it, to me that's what I see because we talk about the discipline, the silly, and the goofy, and the, the, you know. But at the end of the day, there is an attention to technique, to detail that I see that is undeniable, right? Like, I you can't lie to me on how much time you spent with your technique. I know what a good, I know what a perfect side kick is supposed to look like. You know what I mean? And I know how far the, I've only seen less than five on one hand. You know what I mean? Like, and Jones is one of two or three people that I can say that has a decent one every time right like there's certain things that he does there's like yeah the, even when he does his back elbows right like he doesn't most of the ones i see they're horrible right people give up their whole like i i wish i was in a fight and somebody did that i would try with the whole technique but jones when i see him do it it's a little sloppy but it's not it's like he doesn't really you know what i mean so there's there's a certain level of uh, of yeah the connection to his technique that he has and i respect that you know yeah, so, it, yeah, I agree with you. It's a little bit sloppy, but in another sense, it's also like his footwork's very crisp on it. 
Mm-hmm. I can never see him lose balance when he throws at it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That part. He throws it. He's always in a good defense or a good position to defend himself after that. He's really good with that. And I think Gon and Jones are both going to see things that they've never seen before in a fight. And it'll be really interesting to see who adjusts most to that. That's one of the reasons I'm going with Jones because I think Jones is one of the best at making adjustments in the championship rounds. And I think he will. If it's a close fight going in fourth, fifth round, I think Jones will do what he needs to do to figure out how to get those last two rounds. All right. What's your prediction? Okay, who, who do you got? Who are you going to take in that? My gut tells me Jones in four. So you think Jones is going to knock him out in four? I think Jones gets it done for. Um, okay. I'm actually, I'm probably rooting for Don by decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it really I, I'm, up. yeah, I'm rooting for Don anyway, right? Like, right. Like, I'm rooting for Don. I don't care if it's a sub, if it's a KO. Right. <laughs> I hope Don pulls it out, man. Like, but he's a good guy. If you put some money on if you made me go yeah. my bank account, put, you know, uh, yeah. my money on there, I'm probably going with Jones for yeah, I, yeah. I, there's there's also like an experience gap between the two. Jones has more championship fights than Gone has total fights, right? Like Jones is just he's seen so much. I think he's going to adjust the fourth, fifth round. I think he wins by decision. Well, this is the other thing too. I think that we have in fact, man. It's either it's either going to be his Connor moment or his Muhammad Ali, right? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And in twisted years, much less MMA years, right? So, you know, he's got something to prove. Jones hasn't had something to prove for a long time. You know, he's got it against the top contender in a new space. He's going to be nervous. He's going to have butterflies, all of that stuff. So right now, my decision negates all that out, right? You know, how he deals with it, this, that, and the other. And he should deal with it well. Mm. But, you know, that... If he's, if he hasn't really, if he hasn't truly lost a step, that's not good news for God. You know what I mean? If he has lost a step, it should make things even more interesting. But that is a key element to, I think, how he gets in the ring, how he approaches the fight. He's not going to come in with the same mindset, the same cheer, relax. You know, just, it's not going to be the same John Jones mentally that you saw in the last, you know, especially the last five to six championship fights because it's just, the whole game has changed since he's last been in the ring. Yeah, I want to add on that. Uh, every time John Jones has had something to prove, he has looked like the most impressive version of himself. Like you look at the second Gus fight, right? People, everybody was telling him, like Gus won the first fight, never should have won. That's how he dominates him, knocks him out in the fourth. You know, the second DC fight, same thing, right? Like everybody talks about how great DC is and how DC is the better fighter he's going to out wrestle up jones holds his own with the wrestling knocks him off the head kick in the sec early on in his career right like against uh, rashad evans or uh no it wasn't rashad it was uh rampage rashad too no like who 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 did he win the belt from it was shogun I mean, yeah it was a shogun fight oh so, no yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the shogun fight right like everybody that thought was it was shogun's time he dominated Shogun. 
you know, and then next it was the Rashad fight. They, they gave it to him in the beginning. They was going at it, but I mean, he yeah. right. He showed. He proved his metal. He proved his metal. He, he pulled away after the first man. Like he, the length, it was just too much. Right. The Rashad fight. Also, he really like he, he had a chip on his shoulder that fight. You know, he was very pissed off at what Rashad was saying, and they were going back and forth, and he showed it. Right. So uh, yeah, every time he's had something to prove. He's he's come out on top, so yeah, I'm taking taking Jones. I'm rooting for gone, but yeah, I'm picking Jones, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if uh, you see what gone, you know, I don't want to see gone become Anthony Joshua. No, that guy. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, if he loses his two straight fights, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, it's well, like what's the path? Like, look, look who he lost to, man. Like, it's it's Ngannou and it's, oh, for it's sure. Jones, right? Like, right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Anthony Joshua, like I feel like he can lose to anybody, but his next that, fight, if he loses to Jones, his next fight is probably tied to Ivasa. Oh, he, no. He destroyed to Ivasa. Like he's definitely. Well, he did destroy to but no, you're right. My bad. He did yeah. destroy Ivasa. He destroyed yeah. that. You're right. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. So he's, I, I get what you're saying, right? Like he's not, he's not too far away from gatekeeper status. Right. He's like, kind of right there on the edge but i think if he loses this fight like he's still not a gatekeeper right like it's joe it's johnson and goner right like these are two of the best fighters well no steve is next steve is next and he's probably over the hill but and and who, who knows what steve wants man like right i've been waiting on a steve fight since the person gone to fight right like right steve goes back and forth he doesn't know who he wants to fight right like it would be interesting to see them but i know steve wants wants next for the belt so well, I think that I assume he's going to fight Jones. The other thing, too, is if Jones wins, I think the other thing is how this fight gets won is a huge thing in the PPP piece. How the fight gets won. Yeah. Jones dominate. If Jones dominates, you know, um, you know, like I think when we get to that PPP conversation, right? Like it is going to be a very interesting dialogue about, you know, um, if it's a, you know, if it's, if it's close, if it's close and and a split decision and controversial on the card, the thing God does, it's a win for God. It's a win for God. Split decision is probably a win for God. You know what I mean? Um, so I do think the way that it happens, a knockout is is a knockout. Yeah. You know. Um, oh yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Like I think how play a lot into the what this fight means. But I feel like it's also like it's Jones, right? Like this isn't just some some like good heavyweight. Like it's John Jones, arguably one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. Right. You know, so like a loss to Jones, I don't think is anything that gone should not gone down at all. No. No, but at the same time, other than Cormier, most of the people that lost to Jones, right? They faded the you know, in other words, like you know what I mean? Like, I mean you can keep one back up the mountain. Right, like, but either you quit going up the mountain, you find another mountain, right? Like that's what ends up happening. So, so God is really young in his career. My point, right? Like, Jones is at that Brady point in his career, right? And so, like, it'll be interesting to see how that, you know, how that turns out, and and who's the next, you know, who's the next on the horizon as well. Yeah, I think Cyril's going to be a guy for a while. I do think the we may see a greater talent come around one day, but maybe not. Cyril's an elite talent, but he does need some seats. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, like he'll, 
we'll learn a lot this fight about both fighters. But uh, I do want to transition into uh, where does where do you think Jones falls in the pound for pound ranking? If uh, if he wins, like, do you think he should jump Islam and Bulk? First round knockout, yeah. <laughs> first round knockout, yeah. You can put him I, back. Yeah, dude, dude. Yeah, if he gets the first round knockout, like it's definitely more interesting. But uh, let's say let's say it's like it's like most of Jones' fights. Like let's say it's a unanimous decision. It's a unanimous decision. He's top five. He's top five. I don't think. I, I don't think. I don't think the body of work. Islam. He, he could be over Islam in my book. But Islam's got a great case for number two right now. You know what I mean? Like, so my point is, like, because we're not talking like, about. So, we're not so talking you, about Uthman. We're not talking about all the other. Yeah. Sure, top one, two, three powerful pounds over the last couple of years. And one loss, like, I mean, if we're just talking about people that are top level that haven't lost in a year, if that's what, you know, it, it, even then, Jones hasn't fought enough. You know, he's fought so little. Folks have lapped the field since the last time he's fought. And that counts for something. You know what I mean? So, you know, Volk, in, in terms of activity, the only reason we're talking Volk and Islam is because they're the only ones in the top five that haven't lost in the last years. Right? Yeah. So they deserve their spot just to, for the sake of conversation. I mean, that's not the only reason, right? Like, Volk was top two pound-for-pound pound fighter like the last two years, two, three right. years. So. Right. And, uh, no, sorry, I mean, not to... It, right, you know what I mean? It, it, helped, it helps to have uh, Usman lose, right? Like, for my money, Usman was the best fight. Still is. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like one one kind of fluky loss is enough. Right. Like, if, obviously, if he loses again to Edwards, you take him out of the conversation. I mean, at I mean, this point, like I'm willing... Thought, but, but he, you obviously can't put him at the top because he's coming off a loss. This is an interesting question. Then. Are you willing to look at Jones's foibles as him losing to himself? Because really, we're talking about it because he hasn't had a loss, right? But he, he's been out the game long enough. And you look at why, you know, pull back or ties and the Habib thing. Is it a, you know what I mean? But it's like, honestly, in my eyes, in a lot of ways, he's lost to himself. Maybe he hasn't, maybe he hasn't. He's called, you know what I mean? But like, it hasn't been his choice on all affronts you know what I mean and like if I look at it like that like I wonder you know what I mean how does it change the way I view you know like to me yeah it's a definite number one like even the, the loss to Islam and the way he lost like I'm okay with Volk is number one Islam it, it was close it was a close fight man yeah like no, I, I, I it got to the decision dude like and me watching it live I had no idea what way they were leading it was like well Volk definitely won the fifth round you know, Islam had his moments throughout the fight. Volk had his moments throughout the fight. I don't know. Like, it could have gone either way. It could have either way, right? And the fact that, they, you know, Volk being in that conversation plus body of work, I'm fine with the decision. Yeah. And giving it to Islam. Like, if Islam had validated the fight and made it not questionable, it would have changed the results, right? Yeah. And we would be having the same discussion. So, you know, like, those two can be where they're at. Um, my point is, is I guess... It really comes down to the possible outcomes to where Jones land, right? Like I said, first, even second round knockout. Second round knockout, basically, like, to me, if you're talking about Volk and Islam, after that, you're talking about Islam and Uzman, right? That, you know, that's probably your next, you know, uh, in the, and so, to where would he need, what would he need to do to be above, to, to be above Izzy now, in my eyes? Right now, a decision win after three years off with all the work that Izzy's put in, 
and Izzy's lost too, so I would, you know, probably drop him a notch, but I'd still, they'd be right next to each other. They'd be neck and neck. A knockout, a third, fourth round knockout, pops him above Izzy. It doesn't pop him above Usman for me. Maybe. Depends on how. You know what I mean? Like the first or second rounder, yeah. I, even though Usman's shit was hella fluky, and Usman's next win pops him right up to the top to me, until then, yeah. Second round, you got it. You got it. Usman can Usman can be a notch below. But if it's not, I'm going Usman. I like Usman. You know what I mean? But like, so if it's a decision, if it's a decision, I got him under Izzy. If it's a split decision, I got him under Izzy. If it's a dominant decision, a unanimous decision, I got him probably equal or above Izzy. You know what I mean? Depending on how it plays out. If it's a knockout, I got him above Usman. It would have to be spectacular, epic, historic, spectacular to get above Volk. But out of all fighters in the UFC, he's the only, just the same way Volk got it because of body at work, really, at the end of the day. If there's anybody that deserves it on body at work, it's Jones. You know what I mean? So if he pulled out something spectacular enough to make the body at work case, he could get it on body at work. Yeah, for me, it's uh, consistency is a big deal. For me you know it's just important for me i don't see any way he jumps full right i don't see any way he jumps islam personally after one win in four years you know especially because no knocking's gone i love cyril gone but it's it's not against the best heavyweight right like he he didn't get a chance to beat francis which is a shame you know but i don't see any way he jumps ahead of those two for me personally that's true uh, no. like I feel like Usman's better. And if it was my ranking, I'd put Usman above him. Like, I'd put Usman number one, personally. But, like, he just can't because he's coming off a loss, right? He has to go out there and beat Leon, you know, next month. So he's he's definitely, he's, he's with Izzy in the tier right below because they both lost. Even though they dominated their fights, they lost at the end of the day, right? They both got knocked out at the end. I mean, you got to finish the fight. So they're right below that tier. Um... But yeah, like Jones, I don't feel like after one win, like obviously a knockout, like if you knock out Cyril Gunn in any round, you deserve to definitely like maybe be in the discussion to jump one of those guys. But, you know, you wouldn't need a knockout. But even then, like, I don't feel comfortable putting them above them yet. Where are you comfortable putting them? Three. Three? Right behind those guys, yeah. Like for what? Like for anything? Like for all for pound for pound. No, I'm saying like, no matter how the win happens. Yeah, yeah. No matter how the win happens, happens, I'd probably put him three. No three. Like obviously, if he knocks him out in any round, like if he toys with him for like two or three rounds and knocks him out and makes him look like he doesn't belong, maybe I I come around to it. I don't think that's gonna be the case though. Because there's also too like I, you know there is the statement to be made that like look, if y'all couldn't find anybody to beat him for eight years. And then I took four years off, and y'all found y'all y'all best people. And I came back, and y'all still couldn't find them. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, actually, <laughs> not that that's the case. Not that that's actually yeah. really been happening. But I'm just saying, from the people voting for it, they choose that narrative is how they want to look at it. Like, I can't knock it. You know what I mean? Like, it could you could definitely make that the movie look like that. Yeah, I I feel like that's not an accurate narrative though. It's like, not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> but he he can play off of it. He's Jones, Jones struggled his last few fights. You know, like the Thiago Santos fight was really close. And he and Thiago Santos 
tore both his ACLs, right? It was still a close fight, you know. The Reyes fight, really close. And yeah, like, we could chalk it up to Jones just not being prepared, being bored, not wanting to fight those guys, really. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, I go with the result. And it was super close, both those fights. With a guy, to me, I mean, this is like goes back to boxing. Like, the more defenses a champ gets, the less I start. You know, the harder it is to evaluate, you know? Because it's, you know, it's, it's so much harder for the champ. The champ has so much more to do to get motivated at the same level. There's an inherent disadvantage. You know what I mean? And the the further along you get, the you know, with the UFC, you know, long, you could be a Hall of Fame champ with three defenses. You know what I mean? Like, Jones, like, you know, so, and he's already, it's not like he's Mr. Zen meditation focused, you know, samurai shit, you know, everything. So, you know, like, I, I would, yeah, I don't expect his focus to be all the way there, but like, yeah, it's, I hear you. It's like, it, at the end of the day, he, he gets from, you know, it's just like with Brady, like, however you win the, like, Manning glass ring. I you know, I remember how he won the ring. If he was there, you remember how he won the ring. That's an ugly ring. You know what I mean? Like, you almost want to give him credit for the year before. Because the one that he got it, yeah. an ugly ring. But it's still, yeah, it just, when they talk about Peyton Manning, they don't talk about yeah. stats in the rings. They don't talk about the ring as if it came during one of those great years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I feel you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm there on the narrative. Like, <laughs> it's different when you're there. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like we're both in agreement that no matter what order it is, it's going to be those three guys, right? Like, if Jones wins, it's going to be Jones is on Volk, top three. Can't really put anybody else in the top three right now. I'm going to say, if it's a split decision, if it's a split decision, it's going to be a tough one with him and Uzman. But I would give the nudge to Jones. Because of what I just said, like I would give the nudge to Jones. I would give the nudge to. I mean, Usman lapped the field, and and he lost, and he lost in a lazy ass way. Yeah, I go with that. That is a. Are you doing it on purpose, bro? No, dude. I think the videos. There we go. <laughs> it looks so great. Having a seizure? Call nine one one. Wait, I am nine one one. I don't even know what to say. It was, it was that was smooth too. It was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't see you jump like that before. But uh, so I, I I do find those three guys interesting, right? Because Islam and Volk, right? Like, they just had, in my opinion, one of the best moments as far as like respect goes. You know, like, Volk, even though he lost, showed nothing but respect for Islam. Islam showed nothing but respect for Volk, right? Like, before the fight, after the fight, like, everything about that fight was centered on respect. And we're throwing somebody like Jones in the conversation with them. And Jones is arguably the most disrespectful fighter that we've ever seen, or one of them, right? And, like, it doesn't just go with his mouth, right? Like... His mouth, there's been other people that have been more disrespectful verbally than Jones, which is the complete lack of respect he's shown towards the sport in general. You know, he popped twice for PEDs, you know, drinking and driving. He's been stripped multiple times of the belt. He's been on record saying he's hidden from from drug testers, you know, like he's sitting there in the ring until drug testers, right? Just stories like that. 
And so I want to talk about the role that respect plays in traditional martial arts and how that also plays in prize fighting, the professional fight. Definitely. And just note for next time, we have definitely got to hit the bottom half of the <laughs> people next time. That's where it's good. That's where it's fun. That's where that's what we'll, you see. But next time, well, next time. Next time, man, we're going to have some answers on these big fights, you know. Right. We'll, we'll have a little more clarity, right? Where did right, right. you fall? Where did Jonah fall? Where's Edwards yeah. fall? Right, Valley? Right, right. Exactly. Right. I, f- I feel like if Edwards loses, he's out of the top 10 pounds, personally. Really? Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Because he, he wasn't in the top four. Well, yeah, obviously, if it's a close fight, I don't think it's going to be. Are you losing like the way Glover lost? Like, Glover's a legitimate top 10 conversation. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of, you know, and maybe I'm, you know, it, it, it was I, bloody and ugly, but like. I, I see this, this Usman Edwards fight, honestly, similar to like the GSP Matt Sarah fight or Matt Hughes fight. You know, the second one was just like, GSP's not taking any chances anymore, right? You like know. he's not he's he's not playing this this BS with stand up game and flash flashy punches. Nope, nope. I'm going to wrestle you. I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to hold you a distance. Yeah. That's that's why I see who's been playing this for. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be exciting. Either. I think it's going to be an incredibly boring fight. Probably. <laughs> that's no knock on Edwards, right? Like Edwards is is a great fighter. Totally deserves everything he's got. And I'm so glad that he was able to get that moment with the belt. And I'm so glad he gets a headliner card in London. Right. You know, he totally deserves all the stuff that he's got. Right. It's just Usman is a rare, rare fighter in my eyes. Yeah. It's the same way, same way I feel about Kobe. You know, like Kobe is one of the best fighters in the world, but will never ever get that respect because of Usman. Colby, oh, gosh, you guys. Colby Covington. Colby Covington will always be an afterthought because of Moosemith. And me, for one, I'm glad about that. <laughs> I, see, I, we'll, we'll talk about Colby another time, right? right. Well, when respect, great segue. Respect. Yeah, yeah, like, like uh-huh. Colby, yeah, verbally is very disrespectful, right? But at the same time, like, I understand, I understand it's an act, right? Like deep down, he's he's probably a really good guy, deep down. But, but like, to him, it's pro wrestling. You know, like he wants to rile people up. He wants to get them near skin. That's what wrestlers do. Wrestler wrestlers been doing this forever, right? Like they've been getting on the mic, pissing off the fans, and insulting them, right? Making fun of them, and calling them stupid, and all the stuff that Kobe does, right? But yeah, so like he he does that because. You know, he wants to be the bad guy. He wants to be a shield. No, but he's well documented as being that guy, trying to be that guy. You know, behind the scenes, too much this, that, and the other. But, like, in other words... Lazy, right? Like, ever since he took that like, persona. No, like, that. Because he was... He, that. He got it, because he was super cool with his folks before he figured it out and turned it on. Exactly. But he wasn't able to manage friendships and relationships with it. So to me, that says something, right? It says something if you got this great idea. It's one thing if you just play the heel role. But if you lose all your friendships because you're overplaying the role, like you're doing method acting and now you are your, your like, that, 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 you don't just get a pass on like, 
not too deep into my role, right? Like to me, Jones is the same thing, right? Like, you know, I wanted to be the best. Oh, I don't think Jones is a role, man. I think that's how Jones really is. No, but that's my point. Like it, with Kobe, I think there's a little bit of that too. There's a little bit of that too. But, but like with Jones, like it was always there. Like even when he was like coming up before he won the belt, he was being all like super humble and stuff. Like there were stories coming out from his cast where it's like, nah, this guy's this guy's fake. It's fake. This is this is how he is, right? Like he just does his stuff for the cameras. Like Kobe was never like that. Like coming up, Kobe never had that reputation. But then you have that moment where he decided he was gonna be a wrestler, right? Like take the wrestling route with the persona. And that's when all that stuff changed. Right. There's that split, you know, where Jones never really had that, right? Jones there's always been those like stories about him being like that in real life. Yeah. I mean, I don't count on like this good, sir. I, I was just gonna ask, like, do you think there is a place for respect in professional or prize fighting? You know, because like at this, at this point, it's about it's about making money. It's about sell, and respect. Let's be honest; usually doesn't sell as much as disrespect. Well, I think the key word I think you said a key word: prize fighting. Right, right. Like, why does respect even exist in fighting? Right. On some levels, just temperate, right? So we're not just fighting for the sake of fighting and fighting for my ego and best and better that. We all just burn the village down on a fucking pride porn, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, so the nature of fighting, like, you know, there needs to be some respect in there just to stop at some point, right? To agree to stop, you know? And so prize fighting, why do we use the word prize fighting? What makes it different than fighting? You know what I mean? There's a prize. You know what I mean? There's a, you know, and, you know, the, the, the respect, you know, um, gravitates around that, right? Like, hopefully there's respect for the other. But the fact that there's a prize, right, already changes the context between prize fighting and traditional fight. Fighting to save my village, fighting to defend my people, fighting to, you know what I mean? Fighting for the prize, fighting for the, you know what I mean? So there's already going to be a limit, right? There's already, you know, we're, the, the whole thing exists. To, to either pump up the ego, whether it's to show yourself you're a champion, to make enough money, to do whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the context is different, right? So, the context of the context of fighting is different, so the context of respect will alter to some extent. You know, like, it, it, I would say, I, this is an irony, that I saw a video this week of Raleigh and uh, Javanta meeting up in a, uh, a parking lot, right? It looked like it was... Uh, and to me, I love that moment. I absolutely love that moment. It was like the epitome of true respect in in the balance where the the perfect balance between real respect and prize fighting respect was in that moment, right? Like Raleigh's obviously sold the fight as great as it could be. It was funny because when you really look at the both, you know, I remember having a conversation with you. It's like they did a great job selling this fight. Like, oh yeah. Doesn't have Raleigh's not this man of Javante. Javante right. got caught up and forgot it. He doesn't really he's yeah. not that man. He doesn't really be caring that much about exactly. it. He just sold the fight, right? And right. Yeah. You just think Raleigh did what he was supposed to, made a name for himself that, you know, cool, right? Javante moves on in, in the latter of his career. Raleigh's been through some things since then, right? You know, he got the tape coming out and getting knocked out in practice. It's not great for his yeah. career, you know. He's, you know, he's, he, you know, he's not really an attractive opponent to big guys right now because now you don't want to lose that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, you know, you know, you can see he's gonna he's he's going through some 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 spaces in his career. And the way that he made it personal for Javante, Javante could have took the low road. Javante could have, you know what I mean, kept and stayed in that space that Raleigh, you know, justifiably, but you know what I mean? You know, he threw a little joke, they had the little play, you know what I mean? But like, it was all respect, it was all love. He didn't make, make him feel a certain way, you could tell, you know what I mean? And you could tell Raleigh left with his dignity, you know what I mean? Like, Javante left, you know, looking at it, and to me, there's that, it was a great show of that balance, right? Like, we wouldn't have an industry where we're talking about, right? Like, without selling the fight right much as i love it right the, the boxing will be a small world if everybody if all the stars were andre wards you know what i mean and yeah. like you know um and at the same time like the respect thing is real right and there is a point where like i i'm glad and i i believe that mayweather didn't give uh mcgregor a rematch because of the way mcgregor showed excessive disrespect you know what i mean like now you're hurting the brand of my people now this is more than just you know what i mean like there is a line there is a place where i be to give a rematch you know what i mean there's a place you know um where respect matters and there's a place where like connor would try to cross it at levels that you know what i mean like you know like he would give that sense of like i'm the king that conquers your people you were like those weak ass people that I'm gonna, con- you know what I mean? Those tones, those little, you know, like they, you, you know, you sense them. I mean, they, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, on a similar note, like we were, we were talking about this the Connor and Habib thing, right? That Habib refused to give him a rematch because of the disrespect. Like, no matter how much money the UFC threw at him, wasn't gonna give it. Love that. And it's, it's interesting that, uh, that was the case and then we have something with islam and volk where they both fought it was a really good fight and volk showed nothing but respect to islam after that fight despite the loss and now islam is more than happy to give him a rematch like sometimes it does pay dividends to be respectful in prize fighting nice to see it you know it's and also the the, the Islam the Islam Volk fight was one of the highest selling fights in UFC history, you know, built on respect. So I do think there's a place for it in prize fighting. Yeah, and honestly, that's what happens when what you know the hype behind these two were these two skilled technicians, right? That the pound for pound king, right? Like yeah. skill, skill highest level. You know, it, it 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 it's what they'll sell Shakur and Loma on. You'll need half level when the skills that great. Yeah. You know what I mean? But using the skill, you know, you, you, you just don't have to be able to choose from when you're the promoter. And then yeah. you gotta figure shit shit out. And the easiest yeah. thing to sell a fight on is being disrespected. Right? So I mean that's you know, if you think about what sells fights, exactly. disrespect sells fights. Exactly. So where does respect fit in? If you know what I mean? It's, exactly. It's natural, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Like you listen to like anybody who was championships, right? Like they always find a spot where they were disrespected, even if they're the favorite, right? Right. Like, like you, you look at the Chiefs. You know, they won the Super Bowl this year, got the best quarterback in the league. Not that many people like pick them to lose, right? Yeah, they're still like Kelsey, yeah, right? Kelsey acting yeah, like everybody disrespected. Right, right. Like what? Everybody's supposed to pick you every year, bro. Like if y'all, if they don't pick you, and they just they, <laughs> yeah, right. Y'all, you, y'all, 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 you, you, yeah. 
And the Warriors were doing the same thing, too. Warriors did the same thing last year. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, it was fair not to expect y'all coming. Exactly. <laughs> last two years, fair not to expect y'all to win the championship. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And it's funny, in, you know, like, so you bring, it brings up a good point, right? Like, you know, how much is the disrespect necessary? How much would a champion be looking for perceived disrespect, right? And so what do you, like, for instance, one of the best examples of it working out organically, like, it worked out in the ring the same way it worked out in real life, is like Izzy and Costa. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Costa was trying to macho bully. It was so funny. Skinny man, I break you. I break yeah. macho, my big macho titty cross your face. Yeah. Good in there. They just got the shit. They got knocked yeah. out. Like, it was just always. Oh, what even do you know what I mean? Isn't the clown of the whole way? It just it was fight. mad. It was like, just, oh, right. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's funny, man, because like I saw that coming, right? Like as a boxer, right. I saw those two like spelling that fight. I'm like, is he going to destroy him? It's going to be so one-sided, man. Like it won't even be close. Watch. Like there's a bunch of like casual fans that I know. And they're like, oh no, but Paulo Costa, he's, he's bigger and stronger. I'm like, that's not, no. Like there's a, right. There's a right. level to this, and is he right. on a whole different level? Right. And I, was, yeah. I hadn't seen, and I looked at a little bit of Costa footage, and I was like, he looks, his hands look good against the wrong people, right? Yeah. Average mediocre people, he looks like he yeah. got hands. But I'm, exactly. I, I remember looking when he got tested a little bit. I saw when when he did get caught, and I was like, well, if he's getting caught by that, I don't know. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, yeah, he got there with his yeah, It was just yeah. It, and he was catching people that had no footwork and would leave themselves open. Right, right. It's like, of course, yeah, his, his big ass body catches you when he's got decent technique. It looks yeah. like an incredible Hulk just caught like Mike Tyson, you know? It looks yeah. nasty, right? But like, yeah. Yeah, but, but then you got somebody like Izzy who can dance around the whole, he can paint the whole canvas with his footwork, right? Like, you're not, you're not going to touch him unless you're Perea. <laughs> right. And well, he mean Perea didn't touch him for most of the fight, but, uh, yeah. Uh, right the respect respect so like Izzy and uh, and we keep talking about fighters with this but like I think Izzy and what do you think about the respect dynamic between Izzy and Perea I, I, I'm not sure exactly what, what are you asking me exactly to describe it so I'll describe like and I'll give an example of what I'm thinking I'll describe it right like it's, it's weird right it's not like there's a great disrespect and it's not like it's a great yeah. right? they have they have something that is rare that we're missing that let me say missing, but we don't see a lot it's really the whole thing they build on this like they have blood feud they have the type of that's like mortal enemy right not that they are but on a pride eagle level that's like a mortal enemy like you exist your existence is a threat to to my you know to who i am and my greatness you know what i mean both ends <laughs> as long as you live yeah you know and so like you see this intensity of it but the very reason that it's there because none of it's personal none of it's got to the point where you know, nothing, nobody's hurt anybody's cousin the mother or anything yeah. you know but there's a deep respect for the human Pereira respects the fuck out of out of sign you know? yeah. he knows out of sign his ticket is his ticket to greatness but he respects the fuck out of him, right? And the same thing with Adesanya. Adesanya respects Korea. It's kind of like Avatar, right? Like, yeah. you, know, you level, like, the two enemies, they're mortal enemies. They respect each other. They don't like each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
but they respect each other. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like inherently disrespectful about the way they go at each other. But there's a, there's tension there. But you it know, feels like, disrespectful. Like it's almost what like you like Izzy. Perea feels like fuck you, dude. Why are you trying to take him out, right? And if you like Perea, Izzy's like fuck you. Why don't you just get out the way so my guy can be great? You know? <laughs> yeah, like like they they both got points, right? Like Izzy's point is that he's the better striker, which you can argue he is. For his point is he has all the wins. <laughs> it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? And I think it drives it drives both of them crazy. You know, like Pereira wants everybody to see him as the guy that keeps beating Izzy. Like there should be no more conversation. He's won three times against this man in two different sports. You know, and Izzy's like, that's not the point. Like I dominate you in those, and then you catch me at the end. <laughs> There's like this tension there. Right, right, right. Yep, it, it probably and, feels like more. And, they, I, and they, they will. I, I like that point you made about them needing each other, you know, because Perea needs Izzy to be great. And Izzy needs to beat Perea if he wants to be great. They are each other. It's like, it's like, it's like Batman and the Joker, you know, they need right, each other. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I there there's an interesting, yeah, there's this the, res, the respect dynamic there is really interesting. It's like Batman and Joker. Yeah. Deep respect there. Mm-hmm. The deep respect there. In the movies, you never see Batman kill the Joker. There's a deep respect there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. How do you deal with disrespect in the gym? When's the last time you felt personally? It? Like, I don't I don't ever I don't ever have any experiences where people have been flat out disrespectful. I mean, kind of. So like one time I was sparring against a, a amateur guy. This was like when I was new to sparring and boxing. You know, this guy comes up and he just stands in the middle of the ring, holds his hands up, right? Like he's not going to throw any punches. He's just going to sit there and try to clown him. Oh, well, oh. I mean, okay. I was like, okay, so I just set him up, right? Like I set him up and I caught him with a couple shots. And I pushed him back. And at that point, that that's when I stopped. But that's like the only sign of like disrespect I've dealt with personally. Okay. You know, my, like everything else has been always super respectful in the chair. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's like what we were talking about, you know, there was between prize fighting martial arts, you know, like we, we ain't prize fighting in the gym. Like there's nothing on the line. So right. it's a lot easier for us to be respectful. And, right. you know, we view each other almost as a team, you know, right. so we want the best for everybody. Right. You know, like, I, I'm not going for what you, you're going for. You're not going for what I'm going for. It's all good. We're different weight classes. We're just helping each other out. But yeah, you get the prize fight, and you know, so it's a little bit different. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's a disrespect sales fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you almost need that sometimes, you know. Respect sales relationships, you know. It does. Like respect, I feel like you can only sell respect in fights if, you know, you were or two of the top people, like Volk and Islam, right? Like they were able to sell that fight because they're two of the best. So what what are some experiences you have with respect or disrespect in martial arts? Well, I guess I've seen the gamut. Um, you know, obviously the extremes, um, you know, like talked about with uh, Greg, he placed out of classes, um, and 
you know, uh, also being an unlikely person in different spaces. So, like you said, it's not usually blatant disrespect. Sometimes it'd be subtle. And disrespect is, it's all, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? So, like, things that my peers may say to me, like, they think it's disrespectful. I mean, I take it as disrespectful. Like, oh, you just don't know me. And you, know, you know what I mean? Like, if you feel like that after you touch me, maybe it's different, right? Like, but, like, you know, just don't know who I am or whatever yet. I think disrespect shows up in two ways wow like when people when people a are so focused on winning that they not only begin changing the rules the context to to help them win but when your safety goes out the window for them to do that right i take that as disrespectful because usually most of the people usually anybody that i'm having this situation with is less skilled than me for one right like I, my, the people that are more skilled than me I don't have a, a safety issue ever that's yeah I would you know that's a big criteria for you to be there you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so for two you know for one it's like you know if if if, that, if they're so worried on winning and they're not focused on anybody's safety and they're working with somebody that has more control of their safety than they do you know what I mean like it, you, I don't feel like you have the that's arrogant to forget that like and it's okay we all get caught up in our stuff but now like when you're reminded and you continue to forget you're gonna get surprised right like I'm gonna have to do something to yeah. wait I probably have to do it in a way that doesn't hurt you but like that also jars you you know what I mean sort of way that you you know you remember it, you, this interactions so I've definitely had a, a few kind of things like that happen before and there's also just you know, I wouldn't call it disrespect, but there's definitely in the in the arts I do. There's a lot of feel is the you know you, you the the state that you are in can only be confirmed really through feeling, right? It's different. You can't look at someone and really see. So, touch is when things start to wake up. That's when people meet, you know. And so, um, you know, there's times where you know, uh, you know, people may. put you in a box or think this or think that you know until they touch you but the other the, that's gone away more and more because I've uh, over the years I've just gotten to the point like I embrace that like if my touch doesn't make you a fan by the end of the day I've you know what I mean and I've, I've, I've come to find out more and more that ends up being the case like if you if you feel the touch you get moved around and you're still an asshole at the end of it like that's interesting it doesn't happen much you know what I mean like I can count many one or two happen it doesn't happen much um but usually by the end like i've definitely had multiple times where somebody thought they were teaching me and i was all open for that but by the end i'm teaching them and that's a question you know yeah i've been really blessed as far as like my martial arts training goes and having like really good coaches and trainers that like don't put up for disrespect you know like they hold people accountable they expect you to be respectful to to everybody else that you're on the mat with that you're in the ring with and uh like i really feel like that comes from the top down mm. you know like when i moved to socal i've i experienced a boxing gym where it was very much the opposite you know it was very much it wasn't so much like disrespectful but they definitely kind of didn't encourage respect among each other i stayed there for like a week and i was like no nah, i'm out like i'm not I'm not trying to be a part of this, you know. 
So do, do you have any experiences at all with uh, like similar issues top down with like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you 115 percent on that. Like the school that I came from, you know, teacher. I've never. I'm. I've got exposure to a lot of masters. I don't know if I've ever been met another master that is been as aligned and embodied their art on all of the levels as my first Aikido teacher. And, you know, he was a Zen Buddhist monk, you know, on top of, you know, he'd been doing the art since he was six. You know, he's in his mid-thirties. Like, you know, the level of respect, you know, was not only on the highest level there, but like, the state, like, to start the class and to end the class, the most important thing that he wanted to take away with the tenants, the tenants of the art. I, I still remember it, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, dominable spirit. You had to say them a certain way, a certain quality. If you didn't, and the spirit wasn't, we started over, started class. Didn't we? we didn't start class not doing that right. It set the tone. When we did certain moves, he'd be like, this is courtesy, not just a word. There's courtesy in this. You know what I mean? Like when somebody attacks you, where's the courtesy? Where's the integrity? Where's the, you know what I mean? To the point where when I got to Craig's class, it felt like too all over the place. Like there's no kind of contact. And this is Chinese martial arts. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, what jungle contact? Like, hey, nobody ever, shit, nobody ever goes by this. Shit, nobody ever, do not do this. Do not do that. I was like, yeah. like for me, that felt like really unstructured. just out in the wild compared to like, you know, and yeah. obviously compared to other stuff, that's structured. You know what I mean? But like, you know, um, I've definitely been in class. Like the class where I met Craig, actually, I was just, you know, I had been away from martial arts for a minute, uh, for a couple of years because of poverty. And um, there was a guy teaching Krav Maga. And it was just an excuse for me to, it was close by the place I work, me to get back involved and stuff. And the guy was, you know, he's a good guy. He's cool. Like we, you know, uh, I used to surprise him with my old stuff and bring it, but like, he, had like, he, he was respectful on the surface, but he was kind of disrespectful underneath. Like, he used to talk shit about Craig. You know, he used to, like, now, nah, and it was funny because, like, Craig wasn't in there trying to show off or do whatever. He was just like, he just couldn't imagine a guy like Craig having something that could do something. You know, I was just like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm knowing, I'm like, hey, Craig, probably whip your ass, actually. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, yeah. And uh, I definitely have seen like how the respect thing goes and like in one of my groups um we have we, we meet lots of teachers you know and usually especially in internal arts you know teachers are older because we're working on you know they're not working on going out showing people how to fight in the streets you know that's trying to show you how to use mechanics how this energy works it's examples of you know it's a usually it's a relatively gentle approach and you know a soft approach but every now and then you got somebody that comes in and tries to test like you know like it's a martial situation and they do it out of surprise you know like teachers is there and they're like the teacher does this thing on them and they like resist so hard then go back and usually the teacher does something with it but it always is like viewed as disrespectful like we got a guy in our group that does that and like there's one thing to like just you know maybe somebody's doing a movie you want to resist a little and test and just feel it right and there's one thing to try to show them up to see if they're, if they're who they say they are this that and the other I think he's he's like in the like he always presents like I just wanted to see what you know but it always comes off like you know you want to really just test and see this that and the other you know and so it's been an issue I've had to broker a few conversations because I'm usually the guy I'm like a diplomat like you know like those some of the guys be like 
I want him out. You know what I mean? And then, like, my teacher's like, oh, this guy's fucking embarrassing. You know what I mean? And he's also been with us for a while, too. And I'm usually the guy that, like, has to, like, come up with a solution and, like, tell my teacher, this is how we should handle it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting when you're dealing with uh, guys like that, you know, because, uh, yeah, like, it feels very much like it's a pride thing for that. You know, like, even practice, like, it's a chance to, like, prove prove that prove that version of that right even though, even though there's no prize on the line there's like an internal prize for that right right and i like that i'm not against that like you know it, it sometimes it comes out un, in unhealthy ways and i try yeah. to like it's it the the beautiful thing about a martial art is if you're skilled your skill alone if they're in it for if they're in it to become skilled and you're in it to become skilled right and you both have that shared goal your skill alone should and will be able in most cases to to correct the path course correct because if you're if you're further along you got something they need just like a kid everything will stop once they once the adults is doing the thing that they want to do right like okay show me teach me you know what i mean the challenge comes when we're like when somebody's disrespectful and you don't have the skill to do that right and the teacher doesn't see it and how do you enforce how do you keep accountability if a person's not keeping it on their own you know what i mean and that's that's you know, that's a thing, you know, like. See, I feel a little bit differently than you on that, right? Like, I don't think practice is the time or the place to be proving yourself to people, right? Like, you can do that after practice with somebody. Like, if you want to pull somebody aside, like, let's say it's jujitsu, you know, if you want to pull somebody aside after practice, be like, all right, hey, I want to test myself against you. Let's do a quick roll. A tournament that's another good place to test yourself like when you're practicing i feel like it's very much you should be helping each other out you know if there's something somebody else wants to work on help them out with that you know and vice versa in boxing you know like let's say i'm trying to figure out a better way to set this combo up i might tell them like hey i'm going to like throw this combo a lot i want you to let me know what i'm doing wrong or you know help me out with it no i, I feel like I, I feel like you know somebody to like in the ring with you and be like you know what we'll come out here and try to like knock this guy out prove myself that that i'm good it's like that's not the time or the place to be doing this you know right no i, I agree strongly and like i mean the context make, makes a huge difference too right like i'm talking about push hands I'm talking about like yeah you know, they're much more control situations if she gets out of control and bloody lip happen like you know what I mean? Like that, a lot more happened than at a boxing match. Somebody, you know, it's easy for it to go too far. And in, in, in all the context, you know, it can escalate. Things can escalate and get out of hand. Like ultimately, so we're, real quick, uh, let's just explain to people what chi sao is and touching hands and stuff. Because right. I feel like a lot of people won't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, go ahead. That's how, uh, in Wing Chun, that's how you simulate. Uh, you know. You, call it sparring it's 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 not the equivalent of sparring in in in, in chun but it's it's close enough uh like a light contact sparring in boxing where you're kind of maybe just brushing up touching seeing what holes are there not you know it would be disrespectful to just land a haymaker out of nowhere with nobody you know nobody's going back and forth like that usually chi style has that kind of energy it can you can modulate the energy depending on the skill levels involved right but you're in close right and so that's the other thing too right like a lot of high leverage close shots 
So you want to practice, you know, you want to practice on the feel of things, you know what I mean? And as skill gets greater, speed gets greater and stakes get higher, right? Bigger thuds, louder slaps, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and a lot of times it's there's two aspects to the chase out. You got the aspect that is similar to sparring, where like you are practicing one-on-one -on -one against somebody else and you are trying to land hits, but you're also in equal parts trying to soften yourself up, you're trying to feel your opponent better. You're trying to get better internally with that stuff. So there's two parts to it. Right, and right. I think, I think both are important. Right, no, for sure, for sure. And, you know, with even a boxer, right, like, I totally agree. Like, if if you were fighting against some guy that was trying to prove themselves, like, it, it would just be. But at the end of the day, like, it's gonna happen at some point. Not because people are just egotistic, you know, assholes, which many are. But like, many people have different interpretations. Like, people are coming for diff for similar reasons, right? They want to understand martial arts better. They want to understand fighting better for whatever reason or whatever level, right? And different people have ways of validating that for themselves, whatever that is, right? Sometimes a teacher's word is good enough. Sometimes a higher ranked classmate's word is good enough. But some some people, it's not. None of it's good enough, right? Some people feel they know that they could, you know, whatever their check mark is, you know, getting in a real fight, you know, you know, beating this person in a fucking drill. You know what I mean? Like they have their standard or whatever that is, and then they bring that out and, and on you in some on some way, form, fashion. And it, it, you know, the nature of it, fighting is competitive by nature, you know? So until you understand it, and it's, it, it only gets non-competitive at much deeper levels, right? And so that's, you know, in the beginning, you're gonna have, you know, people that have their interpretation on, you know, validating their skill and, and, and this, that, and the other. Um, and so it just, you know, it comes down to like, how and what do you do with it? Like, I do think a key thing on both ends, right? Like it's important when you don't have pride, you know, and you're really there to learn, it also becomes easier to let a person like that run into a wall or do the, what they're gonna do, right? You know, cause you can just easily say, you know, like I I, I found it easy to say in jujitsu, it makes it really easy because of my background to be like, oh, that's too much for me. Oh, I can't, you know, like, you can think what you want of it. You think I'm a weak, I'm a word, you know, you think what you want of it. I got this. Hey, that's too much for me. You're too strong for me right now. You know what I mean? You're just too yeah. strong. You're all good. Sorry. You know, it's just, you're a big, tough guy, man. What can I do? What can a little guy like me do, right? I got all that stuff, right? Whatever I need at the moment is fine, right? Like, you know, it, we're not there to, to and, and whenever I need to make a point, like if I need to make a point that I can't make in a one quick one sentence thing, that becomes my internal test. I'm playing with myself. Now, do I understand this principle that I'm trying to get across well enough to do it without words? Right. Because that tells me where I'm at with my art. And if not, if not, that tells me something. That's cool. And then I'll stop and use my words again. Right. And then, you know what I mean? That's a lot of filters, though. A lot of times I find it's not really disrespect that a person's doing. It's just that this is their way of trying to measure themselves. And as you go through the filters, you kind of find the thing. I mean, you can, there's a couple of guys where you can go through all the filters and they're really just there to just try. You know what I mean? And like, but usually that approach is only going to get you so skilled. Because you're not going to work. You're not going to dig deep. You're not going to find that. You know what I mean? If you're really there just to look in the mirror and say, I want it, that's your validate. You know what I mean? Like, it, you're not going to keep up with the guys that are, you know what I mean, are doing the deep, 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 deep digging. You know what I mean? To have to get there. So it's like, I, I feel you with it. And at the same time, at the end of the day, if the bullies were more skilled, 
how would you regulate for respect, right? How would you get respect in a school where maybe the older guy, like, and I think for me, in a good, complete martial art, this is the difference between, you know, I think it, the one thing Japan, Japanese arts do have right that I like is the, you know, the do and the, 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 the jutsu, right? And I think with most Chinese arts, you know, the culture is so is so integrated in what they do. You don't necessarily need this kind of differentiation. But in Japanese, I, it's great to have it. And for the Western world, it's a good model. Um, and when you learn a jitsu, you're just learning a set of techniques, right? You know, karate jitsu, you know, jujitsu, you know, um, you know, ninjutsu. You know, you're just you're learning a set of techniques. It can be used any way you want. You can, you know what I mean? Like usually it turns into an art, but you know, you can be a mercenary, you can be whatever, you can be a murderer, whatever. It's a set of techniques that's to be used. Um, a door is a way, right? There's a there's a unifying principle behind it. There's a purpose that these techniques are a use are a means to a greater means to, you know. <clears throat> and in those arts, that's why the principles were there with Hapkido, and that's you know um, when when that's you know when when that's there, I think it it sets the tone. And like I, I guess what I'm saying is is like what I've noticed in the at the higher levels of an art to be able to access your body to be able to access these more refined more subtle movements that are possible in your body you have to be able to control the mind you can't just be a robot you can't just be a parrot at some point there's a certain level of communication and connection you have to have with yourself you can do it 10 20 million times and you can refine it and you can get it but if you have the time and if you have, you know what i mean but like Especially today's world, most people don't, you know, and like the your personality, the qualities you have, the way that you approach the world, you know, is going to be the way you approach yourself. And if you're in it for shallow, callous, you know, reasons, reasons that don't have much substance, if you really believe looking the best on the outside will get you to win, well, what how is that going to help you when you get so good that nobody can evaluate you anymore? When none of your peers can help you anymore? Does that mean you stagnate and stop? If you don't have any way to to measure and create value outside of that, then you will run into your wall. And I have seen that happen with several martial artists. And if that's not the way you approach it, then you will grow. And for people that have a certain, you know what I mean? Like the qualities that bring respect also tend to bring the qualities that allow you to dig deeper and to make inquiry within. So that's one of me, one of my personal things I love about an art. A good, complete art, in my opinion, will have a I won't call it criteria or curriculum but it'll it'll have an internal way of kind of balancing out and make and showing like you can't get too good at these internal arts you don't say you have to, I'm not saying you have to be a great person I'm not saying you have to be a hero or this that and the other or the, you know what I mean but you can't be you can't get too good if your personality is too has a lack of integrity if that makes sense. If you don't have a certain level of integrity within here, that integrity won't show up outside of it. And it, you know, it, the gaps will always show, you know, and I believe that to be true all the way throughout. So there's a thing and I, it's interesting, like this used to be a thought of mine years ago, but I've talked to several masters that agree strongly with this. I could look at somebody's personality sometimes and tell what their, their ceiling is. 
You know, like you see, like, oh, you, you, you won't be able to, unless something major changes, you won't be able to open yourself up to the things that lie above this plane in imagination. You know what I mean? Like you have to be imagine, you have to imagine up here to be able for, to be able to do these things. And this thing right here that gets in the way that keeps you is going to keep you from accessing all of that unless you change. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need a sense of humility almost. Yeah. Yeah. No matter, no matter how far you go. You need to approach it like you're a white belt. Yes. Like you're learning. Like there's still a whole new avenue that you haven't touched on yet. Well, I equate humility and intelligence. In life in general, especially in martial arts. The luxury. The luxury to go in and not be humble. Not be humble. You want to? You might be there. I mean, and some people that is the path. You might want to get that guy that gets beat up 15 times, right? Like it's not to knock it, right? Like there's some path. You know what I mean? But like if, if, like I like that I, I like the balance of both I'm very respectful I'm not like but I love to be the first one to jump up and make an example out of them I love to learn I love to be right you know what I mean and I have I have let teachers destroy me throughout seminars and workshops and they thank me afterwards and ask me how, and you know but like I get to feel all of the things from the teacher right all from directly from the source but you know it's not in the wrong context it's not the wrong way and a lot of it just comes down to me being willing to, like, if I had an ego or I, be, I even was joking about, like, oh, I don't want to get beat up all throughout Atlanta. Like, what are you talking about? This isn't real funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not. You know? I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not that I like to get beat up, but it's just I learn so much about my weaknesses when I get beat up. Yeah. That I, I, just, I just don't learn if I'm dominate. Right. You know, like, if, if I'm doing jujitsu, and I'm going against a brand new guy and I spent my whole time on top, I'm missing the 20 different holes I exposed myself to because I just have no idea they're there because he can't take advantage of. Right, right, for real. You know, I feel like getting, getting your ass beat, like you will grow exponentially where like if you don't get your ass beat, you will plateau. Yeah, yeah. And which is when we talk about Jones and his day, that's, that's why I, I give a certain level of grace to a champion. They've earned that. You know what I mean? Because you do have to fight. To, you know what I mean? Like, they're, you know, you the motivation when you're already there versus the motivation to get there, like, you, are, you, know, you can't really compare that. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a champ, you're probably all you have is your skill at a certain point of, to rely on like you're manufacturing all the other motivations you know what i mean and so like yeah like your skill really has to be there you know versus with other people you know it's like leon right like maybe the adrenaline the hunger the hunger mm-hmm. had leon looking for searching for that kick after being dominated for so long right the hunger you know yeah like you know uh, when he's the champ they gonna look like right Exactly. When tomorrow, when tomorrow's hungry. What they exactly. Gonna, you know, exactly. You know, so that 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 factors in a lot. That factors in a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch on with respect? Um. Shit. Ah. Respect. In fact, my girlfriend's gonna kick my ass when I get home. Uh, <laughs> um, I respect you for taking that ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> mean baby. Oh, shit. Uh, 
I'm with you in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, me and you can take her. Me and you can take her. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, hopefully miss <laughs> hey, if not man it circles all back to what we've been talking about this podcast man get our ass beat and we learn something about ourselves no <laughs> no I think uh, yeah respect is, is an interesting one I guess the last thing what respect what what is the relationship to respect when it's an actual fight you know, so I was in an actual fight, you know, yeah. you know, about less than a month ago with somebody that was, you know, I would consider a good friend. And, you know, they were at my ceremony, matter of fact, you know, it makes it more heartbreaking, you know. Um, and, you know, there was a dynamic, you know, there's an anger. I was, you know, I was this kind of black man, you know, I, I, I was on the short end of the stick in terms of the situation. I, you know, I was done unjustly or whatever. And so, you know, there's an anger there. There's definitely a, a lack of respect that I feel it impacts the way I respect back. But there's a certain respect there. Like, for instance, you know, I could have, I did not try to hurt this individual the way I could have in the moment that we were at. And conversely, they didn't try either, right? We didn't go to fist blows. We could have, you know, I didn't go to, you know, it was all kind of soft tissue, eyes, noses, you know, like life or death things that I could exploit easily, you know, didn't, didn't want to try to go there. So there was an inherent level of, of respect there, you know, um, but even saying and calling it respect feels like a stretch. Like if I saw him walking down the street, it would probably be like two animals. Like it would be a tiger, two tigers just at it in the middle of the fucking street. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting dynamic, you know? Um, so I can relate to when you're triggered, right? Like finding it difficult, especially in prize fighting, right? Where you have to play the game of disrespect, right? But try to find the even keel, right? doesn't take much to cross that line. Once you feel like that line has been crossed, how far do you cross it? How far does it cross the line for the other person? What happens when you pull back? You know what I mean? And like, you know, the dynamics of respect start getting, you know, just, you know, more, more, I don't want to use the word complicated, but, you know, uh, there's more layers of gray, you know? But there, there is a bottom line when it does come to respect, right? And, you know, there, there is a line that you can cross that like, there's all these levels of gray, but there is a line that once you cross, there are certain things that are go out the window there's certain you know like there's certain rules there are rules of engagement is maybe the best way to put it maybe that's what how respect shows up all fighting prize fighting whatever you know what i mean life or death fights all of those rules go out the window right now we don't treat all fights like life or death fights gratefully we don't you know yeah no you really shouldn't be treating very many fights at all like that Right. I mean, it, well, the irony is the way I was trained is like, that's the mindset, right? Like when you're fighting, when you're learning to fight on the street or you're learning sword, like yeah, it's the mindset. But of course you turn it off, right? Like that, you can't walk yeah. that level of, you yeah. know, you'd be of use, you know what I mean? To anybody. But when it's there, it's there, right? Just like PTSD and all this stuff, right? Like when it, 
when it comes up, it comes up. And so like, you know, when, you know, like I said, life or death combat is reserved. You know, there, there's a certain level. There are no rules of engagement. Live and survive is the only rule, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of that, right? We do have rules of engagement and maybe that is what we term as respect. When those rules are crossed, then maybe we feel disrespected, you know, and seeing how those are carried across, you know, the different layers is is a thing. And there there are lines that you can cross. Like if in that fight that I was in, if he had a done, there are certain things that he could have done that would have crossed the line of engagement. And I, I would. In other words, where we were at and this wasn't a decision I made consciously. Right. This is an extension of however I feel about him or whatever. Right. But like maiming wasn't an option and then my skill set maiming is an option and so you know that that says something that means something i don't know what it means you know what i mean but like there's if i didn't have any respect for him at all or him or whatever you know what i mean like yeah maiming would have been an option for for what for the context and circumstance yeah yeah you can take the fucking broke elbow with you you know you got you deserve that you got that coming (laughs) i can stand on that (laughs) I can look in the mirror and, and feel good about that, you know. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you know that wasn't that my spirit didn't call for that, right? It wasn't, you know. So that means something. You know? Yeah. So I say that to say, with these guys that are actually in fights and the the tone and their you know and their 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 living and all the stuff was on the line. Like, how much does that play into it too, right? How easy is it to remain at even keel when it's the stakes are high and the internet's talking about it? And, you haven't gotten a real fight maybe since high school for some of these guys. You know what I mean? Like like a real fight. Like, you know, not a yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like your know, emotions and stuff, you know. Regulating that regulating your emotions in a in a planned fight is different than, you know, a triggered fight where you're you're emotionally yeah. vested, you know what I mean? And so, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. I do have as you can see, I do have a standard and I did come from a you know what I mean? Like I, I know what deep warrior life or death respect is supposed to look like but i also have a certain level of compassion because at the end of the day these guys are playing games you know we're playing games right and it's good they're healthy games it's, you know like martial arts is better for having games than for <laughs> everything being life or death or blood right you know what i mean but like you know there is some grace for you know for that space you know what i mean you know life and death the life and death aspect of respect is reserved for life and death mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, exactly. There's three different arenas. You know, you got the traditional martial arts respectful arena, you got the more prize fighting, and then you got the the street life or death arena that you're talking about. You know, I think ultimately prize fighting falls in the middle between the other two extremes. You know, I think it's I think that's a nice comfortable spot for it, right? Like it gets disrespectful, but never out of line. Even if it does get out of line. It's never like what it could be if it was like, let's say, a real life or death street fight. Right. And, and then same thing with the respect, you know, like usually prize fighters don't get as respectful as you would, but on the mat with somebody, in the ring with somebody, right. you know, I think that's a nice, comfortable place for them. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think we're going to bring this podcast to a close, Neil. We got some uh, awesome fights coming up next week. and uh definitely gonna do another one in a couple weeks and then hopefully some of these fights will have shaken out a little bit we can have a better discussion on the uh pound for pound list (laughs) yeah yeah i'm excited man 
can't wait to get your feedback man give, give us some feedback yeah. um especially on the on the name like combat cast come on we threw out one a while we threw out a couple of them you want to throw some of them out to them now or you want to just see if they want to yeah send us back some feedback nah man we'll just uh keep, we'll keep waiting until something feels right like I, I don't feel like anything feels right so yeah, i agree yeah. yeah if anything hits that sweet spot then yeah we'll bring it up all right so uh, yeah right great have a great week everybody out there listening remember man always show respect be respectful to your fellow fighter your fellow warriors be respectful to the mat to your teachers just be respectful to everybody man have a great week have a great week love hard train hard